Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Wednesday. It is uh, April uh, 27th and halfway through the week. Yesterday was a dismal day. We'll talk about that and more when Dave joins us here in just a few moments. Before we do that, though, let me just remind you that uh, there's a, a lot of stuff out there we cannot control. We can't control what happens in Russia or Ukraine or we can't even control what happens in Washington, D.C. or or the IRS or any of that kind of stuff. However, you can control how much risk you have in your current portfolio to make sure it lines up with the amount of risk you should be taking going forward. With that, we got Dave coming up next. It's 8.39 here, 21 now before 9. Some mornings I kind of enjoy starting out this process. Other mornings I kind of really don't like giving you bad news. And Well, this morning we kind of get a crapola day yesterday on Wall Street to tell you about. Find out what's going on with your money with the help of Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services. Philip, good morning. How are you today? Good morning, Dave. Hey, doing well today, halfway through the week. And man, was yesterday a dismal day on Wall Street. Oh, call it a bloodbath. The Dow was down by 809 points. Standard & Poor's was down by 121. You don't see three-digit losses in the S&P very often. That was 2.8% in one day on the Standard & Poor's. Uh, NASDAQ had, took the real bloodbath. It was down 514 points, down 3.95% on one day. And my first question to you, because I had I had a feeling that, that the midday releases were kind of off but not disastrous, what the Sam Hill caused that yesterday? You know, I had a hard time finding anything other than I saw several articles and several little headlines talking about, well, the realization that maybe our economy is really slowing down. Um, and that uh, gave some, some traders some reason to pause and take some money off the table. It's just you got to assume that something at the very least ended up becoming a a, a mood change at the very least. I mean, uh, you were watching the individual detail things that came out. We were talking about consumer confidence being an important number. It was a little less than expected. And there was one other report that was just a little off what was expected. Those are the things that expect to be just a little turned down on the indexes. But uh, we just started out adequate and just started falling down through crappy and into downright disastrously bad uh, and just a general trend all darn day yesterday, didn't we? Yeah, we, we really did. And let's give some, let's just kind of put some focus around those numbers a little bit to see where we are. So the Dow Jones, now, if you look back 12 months ago, we're down two, almost 2.2% to the negative. Um, the S&P 500, if you look back 12 months ago, it's basically even. It's down three-tenths of a percent, not bad. The NASDAQ, however, if you look back 12 months ago, we are down 11.6% as of last night's close. Solidly into correction territory yeah. on the blue chips. And uh, I think uh, that we did the calculation the NASDAQ is officially in bear market territory now, isn't it? Absolutely is. Yeah, it's just this is not what we had in mind by any measure. And uh, when we when you address that with with respect to are we in a recession, are we not in a recession? Uh, one of the macro figures that come out today say we're probably not because the trade deficit went up 17.8% last month to $125 billion. We're still spending money in this country like drunken sailors. Unfortunately, we're uh, importing way too much of it from overseas. But still, I mean, the economy here is still 
doing a lot better than it's got a right to do. Don't you agree? It definitely seems that way, Dave. It definitely seems that way. Hey, before I get too far off, I did want to mention this too. The NASDAQ mm-hmm. yesterday closed at a new 52-week low. Oh, poop. <laughs> yeah. You start getting up to three and a half percent drops in one day. I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Shouldn't be shocked, but I am surprised. Uh, it's not a great day in general yesterday, and we're not getting any really good news to start today out either. The earliest of the macro figures that came out, mortgage applications from the Mortgage Bankers of America, they released that weekly about 7 a.m., and I can normally find it. I found it today, 8.3% drop in mortgage applications last week. It was off 5% the week before. Now, my real estate friends say they're still selling houses right and left, but the number of casual lookers that can be pushed into a sale uh, is really going down, and the mortgage applications have a tendency to back that point up, don't they? Yeah, they they really do. I mean, one of the headlines I saw was interesting that uh, adjustable rate mortgage demand doubles as interest rates hit the highest they've been in the mortgage market since 2009. Mm. You you know, back when I bought my first house and a 30-year rate was like 13, 13 13.5%, an adjustable rate mortgage made sense. It saved me about three percentage points on my mortgage. And on top of that, my instinct at the time was that we were kind of at a peak and it was probably going to adjust down. So it did, and I got lucky. But in a time of rising interest rates, an ARM strikes me as kind of a risky proposition, doesn't it, you as well? It does, especially if it's annual annual adjustable rates. Um, I think that could be um, somewhat problematic a year from now. I mean, if it makes the numbers work, fine, do it. I'm not saying don't do it under any circumstances, but uh, do recognize you're taking a gamble, especially when you got a Federal Reserve. There are members are talking about bumping rates up three-quarters of a percent in one single meeting. That's going to be reflected in mortgage rates. And if you got a one-year ARM, uh, next year at this time could be a real unpleasant experience when you get your mortgage statement. It, well, that's right. And that's what I tell people. Look, if you're thinking about a, uh, an adjustable rate mortgage, that's okay. But go out two years. What if you hit the maximum increase for the next two years? Can you still afford that mortgage payment? And that really is the thing that needs to be done. I mean, my my ARM was one of those truly risky ones because it shaved three points off the prevailing rate. Uh, and I ended up getting a 2% drop the first time the thing renewed. And I kind of said, hey, good, I'm a rocket scientist. But, you know, if you do it at the bottom of a mortgage market, uh, and bottom of an interest rate swing, that 2% swing could really scare the pants out of you. Yeah, it could be. And it, yeah, it could really um, cause some issues down the line. Absolutely. Other macro figures out today, I don't know for sure how to react to them, except for the fact that we're buying stuff right and left. Wholesale inventories expected to be up by 1.5% uh, during the month by, during the month numbers. Uh, they were actually up by 2.3%. Retail inventories were expected to be up 1.6%. They're up 2%. I don't know whether that indicates some of the uh, kinks in the supply chain finally freeing up or whether or not we're starting to slow up on our buying process. Uh, the very least, the, uh, the import figures don't indicate that we're slowing up all that much. No, they don't. And people are still working. We still have more job openings than we have people to take them. So from that standpoint, I think that we'll continue to be okay. Uh, but I do think growth is going to slow just because interest rates are going up. Uh, prices are going up. People have to more budget what they're, what they're buying. And so I think that the growth will slow down. Now, whether or not it ends up being the 1% that 
that they're talking about releasing tomorrow. I mean, because that's the number tomorrow, the, the first estimate of the, the real GDP comes out and they're expecting 1% versus 6.9 last quarter. So, um, you know, if it comes out at anything above that, I think that'll be good news. Absolutely. Uh, one per, uh, and I'm not looking forward to what the market's going to do, even if it comes on what's expected, going from 6.9% growth rate down to 1%, even if it's what expected. I got to assume the equity markets are not going to respond pleasantly to that. Oh, that, that's right, because that'll be certain, right? That's a certain growth rate. Right now, it's uncertain, which brings a lot of volatility to the market as well. But once it becomes a certain number, um, then then it definitely people start making plans. The traders start taking different views and, and making changes in their in their uh, way they trade. Absolutely. Uh, bad news, even when it's expected, when it becomes actual news. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> exactly. Then we start pricing new new variables into the market. Speaking of variables, the, uh, the high-tech sector with uh, Musk buying Twitter, Facebook in constant states of disarray, uh, the tech sector has been an absolute mess lately. And I understand that for earnings season reports, our friends from Google didn't help that state of upset any yesterday, huh? They did not. You know, Alphabet reported last night after the market closed, and they missed again, both on top and bottom line uh, for the first quarter. And they've had weak revenue from their YouTube channel. Um, and mm. so that's not helping them any. I mean, let's face it, they made some money, though. They made $24.62, but that was more than a dollar less than what was expected. Revenue was off by about a tenth of a billion. And not a not a big deal there, but still it's a miss. And that's the direction they seem to be going. Friends, right? What's that? What's a hundred million between friends? Uh, exactly. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So uh, you know, it's a high price stock. It, uh, it closed last night at twenty three hundred and seventy three dollars. It was down five. I mean, three point six percent yesterday. It's down another four point two percent this morning. So um, still not below its fifty two week low, though, Dave. It's still got a little bit of room to go to get there. That's kind of interesting. I wonder if that company might just finally have overextended its lines. I mean, they, they, they do everything from cell phones to cell phone operating systems to their legendary, uh, uh, their, you know, the basically world standard search engine. Uh, then the YouTube thing. I mean, you know, my YouTube TV app has been misbehaving lately on my TVs. I wonder if they might have finally overextended themselves by a bit. It's always a possibility. You never know. See, one quarter doesn't make a, a trend. We'll see what happens next quarter and, and if they can uh, get things going in the right direction. I always get suspicious when a company goes into too many line extensions. That's kind of the first sign of a company that could get in trouble down the line. Got other indications? So we do. So let's kind of stay with the tech situation. We got Microsoft reported. Um, they had the opposite of, of uh, Google. Uh, they beat on the top and bottom lines. Uh, they gave strong guidance uh, for the current quarter. Uh, they uh, Their revenue guidance for all three of their company business segments. Um, currently, the, they topped expectations of what the analysts expected. So uh, some good numbers from Microsoft, and they're up 3.5% this morning. Cool. I'm glad somebody's doing well in tech world at the very least to the bottom and completely fall out of NASDAQ. Yeah, because it's a mixed bag all the way around today, Dave. We got Texas Instruments reported. Uh, mm -hmm. They issued weak earnings and revenue guidance for the current quarter. 
Um, and so they're trading down this morning as well, down almost 4%. Um, I, you know, I was trying to find some good news. It's hard to find a little good news in here. But we had Visa reported, and they, they are some it. good news. They got to be good. I'm looking at them on the top of my big winners list this morning. They've been swiping plastic like crazy. So, uh, you know, they beat on top and bottom line. They ended up, uh, uh, you know, at a dollar seventy nine of revenue compared to dollar sixty five expected. Uh, same revenue was very strong for the quarter. And we look at Visa; they're up six and a half percent this morning. Mm, big, yeah. big up. Said I figured nice. there had to be good news in that somewhere. Uh, let's talk about somebody we've talked about a lot over the last couple of years, and that's Boeing. Oh yeah. Mm, Boeing, not so good. They had weaker than expected earnings and revenue uh, for the most recent quarter. Uh, they uh, are pausing production on one of their uh, planes, the 777X, um, and they don't expect deliveries to start until 2025. That's a long way out. Um, Boeing got beat up yesterday, down 5%, and then down another 4% this morning. Yeah, they were supposed to lose 15 cents. How much did they lose? Yeah, I didn't have the exact numbers in there. Um, but, but I will say this. They hit a new 52-week low. They hit a new 52-week low right now yeah. at $160. Yeah, and I noticed that they're among the highest volume movers right now on the pre-market as well. They've got like, oh, 10 times as many shares exchanged as the next, as the next place in my 10 biggest movers. So the stockholders are unimpressed that they're becoming former stockholders. Well, yeah, you know, it's sometimes people start moving stuff around when they uh, when they miss. And, and let's face it, Boeing has had some struggles um, over the last uh, couple years. Understood. Got one more good bit. of try to find one bit of good news. to finish Good news, off. man. I'm having a hard time finding some good news, but let's see what I can come up with. So here's what I've got. It's not a well-known company. A matter of fact, I think this, I think they said this is their first quarter as a publicly traded company. Okay. It's a company called Enphase Energy. Ooh. They are a solar microinverter maker. Um, I know. They, uh, they, they had good, good earnings. Uh, they beat analyst expectations. They reported a record revenue for the quarter. So, uh, so good news there. And here's the deal. The company said that in Europe, they are, they're hoping that that's going to be a key growth area with um, Russia's invasion on the Ukraine. You know, power prices are going to continue to rise there. And so uh, they're hoping that's going to be a, a, a upbeat for them. They're up almost 9% this morning. Cool. I happen to know that company because they manufacture the microinverters on my solar system. So that ah, actually gotcha. right. It's a nice concept. Yeah, they look at the notion that, you know, one great big inverter coming off of all the solar cells, Enphase makes little miniature ones on each individual solar panel so that if one goes south, you still got power coming in, which is a pretty good idea when you think about it. Redundancy, right? Absolutely. That's a, that's a great idea. It really is. And it works well as well, I can tell you. Uh, resetting the table for the morning. It was crummy yesterday to the max. 800 down on the Dow, 121 down on the S&P, and 514 down on NASDAQ. Generally, when something really junky like that happens, you have kind of a bounce back day. How are we doing 45 minutes early? You know, early on, Dave, it looks like we could have a little bounce back off those lows. Uh, we got the Dow up uh, almost seven-tenths of a percent. That's $211. The S&P 500 is up a third of a percent, $14. 
the NASDAQ 100 is uh, trailing everybody. It's up two tenths of a percent. That's about $26. So, um, so not, not, not everything's that good though. The Russell 2000 is actually slightly red right now. Um, on the commodity side, we've got silver trying to get back up there. It's up a third of a percent. Gold is down a little over a tenth of a percent. It's trying to keep its nose above 1900, but it's it's having a hard time. And then we've got uh, crude oil uh, down three quarters of a percent. Right now, it's at $100.97 a barrel. Uh, still up from yesterday, though, and uh, because of the news item out about how Russia's now cut the natural gas pipeline off to uh, Poland and Bulgaria, trying to be a little bit of a power play there. Natural gas worldwide, the price is up over a full percent already, and that's only a couple of hours since the headline hit. Tomorrow, I suspect I'll be talking about natural gas going through the roof price-wise as well. Uh, world markets, uh, Asian rim market, mostly up at the close this morning at 6 a.m. Europe is generally looking at our futures and saying, whew, it's not as bad as we thought, and they're generally up halfway through their day. Needing to stabilize one's retirement account is probably job number one, especially if you're less than 10 years away from retirement. How do I find you to get that plan, Philip? And then give us a call at 863-382-0037 to develop their core retirement design so they can have the design the retirement they always dreamed of. And then catch us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. at noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk, 730 and 95.3 FM. Alrighty, and we will be back here tomorrow morning to check in what's likely to uh, affect your money tomorrow during the business day. You have a good one, and we'll catch you shortly, all right? All right, man. You have a great day. Be well. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services, Philip Statler. Hey, folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope that your week is going well. The markets have been, well, not so good, but we'll keep trucking. Hopefully, we'll get some good economic news the rest of this week and bounce things back up. But hey, if your retirement account's taking a beating, maybe we need to talk. Maybe you need the core retirement design. Give us a call at 863-382-0037. Until then, have a great day. Bye now.